Be confident. Be bold. Be authentic. But don't forget to take action. This is Ordinary to Badass, where our stories empower women to step into the spotlight of their own lives and pursue what they're truly passionate about. It's time to step into the arena and become more than just extraordinary. It's time to become a badass with your host, Marie Sonneman. Welcome to Ordinary to Badass, episode number 114. In this episode, you're going to hear from Dawn Upwan. For all you mamas out there who ever wanted to make a change in your career with your work, I know that this episode is going to be for you. Dawn transitioned from being a pastor at a church and not making a lot of money to becoming a six-figure copywriter in just under a year. So she is a total badass and she had so many great insights and takeaways. And I think that you're really going to appreciate hearing her story. And she really did a lot of this for her family, for her kids. She wanted to be able to stay home with her child. And what she was doing wasn't going to allow that. So deep in her gut, she made a decision to make a change. So stay tuned. I know you're not going to want to miss this episode. But before we get to it, I got to ask you, are you enjoying the Ordinary to Badass podcast? If so, I would be so grateful if you headed over to iTunes and left a five-star rating and review. Your reviews mean the world to me. It means that this show gets into the hands of other badasses just like you. And if you're too busy for that and you just don't have time, I get it. You're busy. Life gets crazy. 2020 and 2021 certainly have been insane. But I would still love it if you at least just sent it with a or sent it to a friend who could appreciate the episode or who you think that could use it. Every little gesture makes such a huge difference. So thank you, my friend, and let's get to the episode. Welcome to Ordinary to Badass. Whether you're ordinary or badass, I'm glad you're here. Today's guest is Dawn Upwan. Dawn, thank you so much for being here. Excited to have you on the show. Yes, thank you, Marie. I'm excited to be here. So before we go any further, I've got to ask you, do you consider yourself ordinary or badass? Oh, definitely badass. So have you always felt that way? Oh, great question. No, (laughs) I have not always felt that way. Actually, quite the opposite. Quite ordinary. um, But I feel like I went from being the ordinary underdog to really uh, creating a life and uh, badassery for myself. So what's one thing that you've done that has helped you feel badass? Oh, uh, one thing. I would say grow my business from zero to six figures in less than a year. Yeah, that's so amazing. I can't wait to dig in and hear more about that story. But before we do, will you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I live near Seattle, Washington, and I have my own copywriting business, which I've had for about a year and a half now, and wasn't always a copywriter. I used to be a pastor with my husband, 
um, combined, we pastored for 32 years between the two of us. So, um, and then just a couple of years ago, we decided to resign from that and build a whole new life for ourselves where I could start my own business and raise my little girl at home. And that was really the catalyst for me to venture into my own discovery of my badassery <laughs> along the way. And I, I don't regret any minute of it. So oftentimes we find like making a change is so stinking hard. Um, was it hard for you at all to move from pastoring to having your own business? Yes, but perhaps not in the ways that you might think. Um, just to give you a little bit of context, my husband and I pastored in the Salvation Army. And within that organization, we were given a fully furnished home, you know, down to towels, cutlery, sheets, everything was provided for us. All of our utilities were paid for, cars were provided, gas and insurance was paid for. And then we were given a cash allowance for things like food and vacations and clothing and things like that. Um, so to leave our jobs meant losing our house, losing our cars. Um, you know, we had to replace all of that stuff. We have four kids. So there's six of us in all, and we had to find a place to live. Um, and so that was really the biggest leap because in the Salvation Army where everything's provided for you, it's, it's very secure, right? Right. You know, good or bad economy. We didn't ever have to worry about losing our job, um, you know, or not having the basic necessities of life. Like it was very secure, but the flip side of that was that there wasn't a lot of freedom. You know, we had a lot dictated to us. We wore uniforms, um, you know, just a lot of rules and different things like that. So getting out of that life, especially for my husband, who'd been in it 25 years, um, you know, that's a good a chunk time. of his life. Yeah. You know, always having those things provided, you know, it's funny to be in your forties and buying your first car, <laughs> um, getting insurance for the first time, you know, doing all these things that people kind of would look at us sideways, like you're how old? And this is the first time you're doing this. Um, but you know, it had, he, he went into ministry basically out of high school. So, um, yeah, it was a huge, huge change for him. And then not only, did we leave that kind of security, but to go into the entrepreneur world, like that's not even the security of a nine to five, right? Like <laughs> right, right. I pretty much like went the opposite end of the spectrum and uh, it terrified him. And I was definitely the catalyst. I was the one that said, you know, I, I have to be home with my daughter. We have to do this. I was the one who applied and I'd say I, I got him the job. I mean, he, he had to go in for the interview, but I filled out his application. <laughs> and then at his interview, they, um, when they offered him a position, he said, well, it will depend on if my wife can get a job because, you know, we were in ministry together and they offered me a position alongside of him. So um, it was amazing that we had that bridge you know, to get us out of the situation we were in. Um, and then I eventually did leave that so that I could just be home um, building my own business. But it was, it was a great way to segue out of our old life and into something new. Can, so can you talk about that a little bit more about what led you to getting out of um, the church that you guys had pastored in for so long? Yeah, yeah, it's a... Uh, 
a massive leap of faith and something that um, took a lot for us to get out. Uh, what happened to rewind? Um, we were, we had been in a community pastoring in a church for five years and um, we had a review with our divisional leadership. They came and my daughter at the time had just turned one. And, you know, at that point, I thought I was pretty badass actually, because I was like, I pastor, we were doing 80,000 services a year in wow. our county with a staff of five, including the two of us. So to say we worked hard is putting it lightly. Um, and, and I did all of that with a kid in tow. I mean, she went everywhere with me. I either worked from home or she came to the church with me. You know, I had her at meals. I would do housing inspections for our housing program. And I would just have her strapped to me Sunday morning. She'd be strapped while I would preach or while I'd play guitar for worship. You know, I, I just, it, it was like, I hadn't skipped a beat with having her and just including her in ministry. And so I was pretty proud of myself, to be honest, um, with how I was doing. And I was still, I felt doing a good job. And at that review, we were told that we were failing because our church size was not big enough. So we didn't have enough uh, butts in seats, as they say on Sunday morning. Um, and as a result, we got transferred and demoted. We had to move our family to another city. Um, it increased our driving to over 40 hours a week. Plus then I was forced to put my daughter in childcare and I just wasn't ready for it. Neither was she. Uh, I fell into a really deep depression. I was having anxiety attacks when I was checking out daycare centers and stuff. I, I never did end up sending her to a daycare center. I, I couldn't do it, um, because I would have park, uh, panic attacks even in the parking lot. Um, and they didn't understand that we went to that same leadership uh, who had told us we were failing because my husband was really concerned about my emotional and mental well-being. Um, and we expressed what was happening. And they basically, they laughed at me and said that parents don't stay home with their kids anymore. And then they said, what would you possibly do if you didn't work for us? And that moment, I didn't have an answer, but I was so angry. Um, I call it my incredible Hulk moment <laughs> that that's when she woke up. <laughs> I poked the bear. <laughs> she Hulk. Oh yeah. This mama bear is fierce and you don't mess with her. I, I often say they messed with the wrong mama bear. Mm -hmm. you know, they thought that we would just we have this saying like salute and just do whatever you're told to do. And that's right. the way of the Salvation Army. It's, it's fashioned after the military. So you really, it's like, you just don't have a choice. You don't have a voice. You just shut up and do whatever they tell you to do. And I wasn't going to have it. I, I just couldn't, I couldn't sacrifice my baby girl um, and lose out on her formative years. So I didn't know what I was going to do. I started Googling work from home and found all kinds of crazy things. Um, first, uh, bought this $99 digital course that taught me how to build funnels and run Facebook ads. So I started um, just as an affiliate marketer, making money off of somebody else's offer. And meanwhile, we were still in the Salvation Army because I, I wasn't making any money yet. Um, we weren't going to jump ship before we had some solid footing. <laughs> um, and so that's where I started. And I just took like every course I possibly could. Um, 
but ultimately what I realized was that just selling somebody else's product and getting a commission wasn't fulfilling. It wasn't the kind of significance and impact that I wanted to have. And so I looked at, you know, what am I good at? And I think a lot of um, people in general, but especially entrepreneurs uh, have a hard time, you know, nailing down their superpower and figuring out, okay, my business is going to be this. So I didn't land on copywriting right away um, until somebody actually pointed it out to me. I didn't even know what it was. <laughs> um, and then I was like, I could get paid just to write stuff for people. Like, this is great. <laughs> and then, uh, as soon as I had that light bulb moment, I was like, okay, I'm moving this direction. I'm going to do copywriting. That's when, uh, I went zero to six figures in 11 months. It was like, it finally, I locked in and then just took off. That's so awesome. Can you explain what a copywriter is for the people that don't know? Yes. Great question. Uh, copywriters write the words that sell. There's lots of different kinds of copywriters. Um, I mostly do funnels and websites and sales pages and things like that. There are email copywriters. Um, this is not trademarking or that kind of copywriting. Right. It literally is just writing the words that sell which is also different than say a content writer who would say maybe ghost write a book or write a blog. You can hire people to create content for you. I don't do that either. It's not as fun for me. <laughs> I like seeing the stats. I want to know, you know, how many people are buying, how many people are opting in because of the words on the page. So that's, that's my playground. For I think that like something people don't understand is there's so much that goes into it and so many like nuances and stuff behind the scenes. Like it could sound like it's easy, but not at all. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It does. I always say it's an art and a science. Yes. <laughs> to it. And, you know, some people maybe are more gifted. It's a skill you can learn for sure. Um, and a lot of new entrepreneurs who are bootstrapping do their own copy, but when you get to, like you were saying, like that there, there really is another level when you learn the, the nitty gritty science behind really it's, it's psychology. It's psychology yes. of the mind, buyer psychology, what, what motivates people to buy. And, and then you just translate that into words. So um, that's where I geek out and have a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So can we rewind? I want to go back a little bit to when you were in the church and you were feeling like you had to follow like all of these rules and it sounds like it was conflicting with your beliefs and your values. Mm -hmm. Can you take us back to how you were feeling and kind of what was the, the motivation for a change? For that. Yeah. So it started with that Hulk moment. Um, and, and even after that, like when I was sitting in his office, I knew I would someday find an answer for what we would do instead. It was kind of like, okay, game on, <laughs> like challenge accepted. <laughs> um, but it wasn't really until about a month later when, when we made that move, that transition, I ended up um, hiring a nanny that watched just like three kids. So it wasn't a daycare experience, but I still had to go to the office and leave my daughter with someone, which I had never done before and was a little bit terrifying. Um, and as a result, she was crying herself to sleep for like two or three hours every single night. Oh goodness! And at this point she was 17, 
yeah, about 17 months old. So it wasn't like she, like I knew she was a good sleeper. And the only thing that changed was we moved and she started going to the nanny and the nanny was great. Like lovely woman. I thank God for her being in our lives at that time. But, um, it was very obvious that the reason she started crying herself to sleep every night was because of needing to be in childcare and not being with me all day. Cause she mm-hmm. had spent her whole life with me, right? you know, never separate. I, I had never left her at that point. Um, and so it was really hard and I knew that she was crying herself to sleep because of that situation. And there was one night I was standing outside her door and, you know, kind of like shushing her, but trying to comfort her from outside, but letting her, you know, soothe herself to sleep, you know, that whole like tough love logic parenting. And, you know, meanwhile, tears were just streaming down my face because I wanted to just like pick her up and hug her and comfort her. But I didn't, I didn't want her to turn into those kids that can't fall asleep, you know, without being held by their mom or something like that. Like I was very, I was very adamant that I not go so far that, um, she couldn't fall asleep on her own. And so I was standing outside her door, tears just coming down my face. And the realization I had in that moment was that nothing at all would change if I didn't change it. It was sort of, you know, we have this mentality of like the prince, uh, like your prince will come and, you know, somebody will save you. And as I stood there crying, I was like, nobody's coming. Nobody's coming. Like, it's just me. And if I'm going to save myself, if I'm going to save my baby girl, um, it gets to be me. And so that really was like the next line in the sand moment for me, um, where I felt like things really shifted. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. Like, I'm going to figure out a way. It definitely did not happen as fast as I wanted it to. It never does. does. And it feels so slow when you're in it. You know, I look back now and I'm like, oh, it was only 18 months, which is fairly small. Yeah. All things considered, but oh man, that was like the longest 18 months of our lives. It got, it got really ugly. Um, you know, in our work situations, it was pretty abusive with who we were working directly with and just, it got so intense that it felt long, but you know, now that we look back and it's been longer than that since we've been out, it's like, oh, you know, it was worth, worth it. Um, but yeah, when I, when I was going through that, um, that summer, it was during the summer and, um, my husband, there were times or a couple of times I remember where he popped home during his lunch hour, actually to check on me. Like he was so scared for my mental health. He thought I would take my life. Um, that he came home to check on me and that it was very scary. You know, I knew that I was stable enough. Um, Mm -hmm. I have a brother who died by suicide. And, um, so I knew, you know, what to look for. I knew how I was feeling, but I was also like, anytime my daughter took a nap or went to bed at night, I just laid down and cried. And it was really hard to function and just like fake my way through life. And after that moment of knowing I needed to change it for myself, um, I just decided that I also, I didn't want to be like, I wanted her to have better, I guess was, um, I knew she deserved better than a mom who was crying every time she slept. 
Um, was that part I just of your really, motivation? Sorry. Mm-hmm. I was so unwell and I wanted her to have a mom that was happy that, you know, could have fun with her. And we were so exhausted just from like how on edge we were at work all the time. And from the sheer amount of driving we were doing, um, and traffic, we live in a big city. So it was like stressful driving. Um, and I just, yeah, she deserved better. She deserved better than that. So that definitely was a big motivation. And then I made that decision like in my mind and was taking those actions every day, you know, whether it was listening to a course or, you know, I was learning the skills that I needed in order to um, launch the online business, a little bit of a funny story about that. So I'm, I'm not super great at technology, which (laughs) is funny that I went into this as a funnel builder because that's a lot of tech. Um, And I, I got into it and I hadn't even told my husband, I was just doing it, you know, like at night on my laptop in the bedroom and figuring things out and stuff. And I didn't tell him for like a month as I was doing all these courses and starting to build and stuff. And, and I told him one day, I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm learning how to have an online business. And he just laughed. He's like, (laughs) but you don't even know how to turn on the TV, (laughs) which is absolutely true. Actually, I turned on the TV by myself for the first time about a month ago. And my husband was like, you did what? You got it on by yourself. I was like, I know. Wonders never cease. (laughs) Like I can make six figures as a copywriter building funnels and running Facebook ads, but I can't turn on my TV. So I I always share that because uh, we laugh about it. I tease him. that he doubted my abilities, but also to say, you know, you can do anything you set your mind to. And, you know, when your why is strong enough, when I kept thinking of why I wanted to leave ministry of why I wanted to be home with my little girl, um, that fuels you every day when you're tired, when you don't feel like doing stuff, um, that's what keeps you going. So, I think it's important for people to know, like whatever your dream is, whatever your goal is, you just take baby steps and you can figure anything out. Uh, You just have to be committed to being successful and you will be if you just don't give up. Yes, I love that. I love so much that you had to stay there between like nothing will change unless you do. I think that's so important. And then also just like the motivation to get past the tech because it seemed everybody for how many years has always heard like, oh, go from work at home to, you know, an online business or being a Martin, but it some, sometimes it just feels so fake to people. So I think it's cool mm-hmm. to like be talking to you and see that, no, you know, it can work. But like you said, it's about your wire really investing in what you want. Um, I would love for you to dig in a little bit more about like in, investing in teachers and mentors and how that played a role and stuff for you. Oh, yes. So good. And that's one of the pieces of advice I always give. Um, Because I initially was scared too. Um, I also was a little bit limited financially, but uh, I always say there's a difference between the resources you have and your willingness to be resourceful. Um, My husband and I were making a little over $2,500 a month combined income. So we weren't making a lot of money in terms of being able to build a business on the side. 
And that's something a lot of people say is like, you know, I don't have the money to build a business or whatever. And uh, you do, you just get to be resourceful in how you find that money, whether you borrow it or, you know, I took out a 0% credit card for the first 12 months uh, in order to build the business. So, um, and I will say that, you know, you can do it yourself and buy courses and be a course junkie like me. It's the slow and hard process. <laughs> it's the long way. <laughs> that's okay. If that's how you want to do it, it's possible. You can do it. But the faster way is to hire a coach. Um, and here's what I did. Like I did DIY courses first, and then I went into group programs and group programs serve a purpose, but you don't get the one-on-one attention that you do when you hire a designated coach. Um, and some group programs are hybrid and they allow for like one coaching call a month. Um, but I still say it's like a middle stair step graduating before you invest in, you know, a a one-on-one coach who's really going to just pour into you. And that's really where I saw um, my biggest growth was when I decided to hire a one-on-one coach. And it was terrifying. The investment in her was almost what I made in an entire month. And we were living paycheck to paycheck. Right. (laughs) Like we were barely making it. And at that time um, we were, so we had left the Salvation Army and gotten into a rental house. And at the one year mark, our rent was supposed to increase $800 a month. And we were two months before that happening. And I decided to hire her when we had like zero money. (laughs) I, I put it on a credit card and I just vowed to myself. I said, okay, I have one month to make that amount of money. And I got busy. That's when I decided, that is literally the the day I decided to be a a copywriter. It was September 6th, September 25th. Within 10 days, I had my website. I had my lead magnet. I had my first client September 25th. This is pretty fast because I was like, I am doing this. (laughs) Um, And by the time October credit card payment rolled around, not only did I have, I I had enough money for first month of coaching and for second month of coaching. So I actually doubled my goal that first month. And so I always tell people, you know, it might be the scariest leap, but it's, it's going to get you where you want to go the fastest. I went from zero to over 30 K in three months when I hired her and I just got busy. I had skin in the game. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I'm going to do this, you know, when I'm, paying that much money in a coach, I knew that I was going to do what it took to make it work. So it's one of the things I tell everyone to do, not when you can afford it, but before, like take, take the leap, find someone that has been where you want to go. Um, and then have them teach you so that it's sort of like taking the elevator versus taking the stairs. And you'll get there way faster. Yeah. So much faster. What did your husband say during this time when you invested in the coach when you didn't have the money? Um, I did tell him (laughs) that time, although I was like, I phrased it very interestingly. I said, um, I said, okay, I think this is the next step. I said, I've taken courses. I've done group programs. It's just not working. I talked to this coach And she had given me like 24 hours to make the decision from her discovery call. Right. And I was so scared of talking to my husband. 
<laughs> and I do all the finances in the family and he trusts me, but he was like, he was like, okay, you know, if, if you feel like it's the next step, then I can support you. He's like, well, how much is it? No, 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 no. Don't tell me. Don't even tell me. <laughs> and so um, I didn't tell him for like a year later he finally asked, he's like, how much was that coach that you hired? So he, he on purpose was like, I don't want to know, just do your thing. And, um, so that's what happened with the coaching. And still to this day, I mean, he, he's just like, I trust you, you invest in your business, however you want to. And, um, because it does take an investment and I've actually invested in more than six figures, um, from when I first started to now. So, it's a big part of, I'm, I'm just really passionate about that investment, whether it's mindset, skill set. you need both, uh, do both. If you can only do one, do mindset. <laughs> yes. No, I think it's so important that we invest in our mindset and in, invest in growing as people. Um, but it's so easy. And an excuse we often hear is I don't have enough time. I don't have enough money. What would you say to that person? You make time for what's important and you make money for what's important. I mean, we were making like $2,500 a month and I invested over six figures. The math doesn't even make sense. I look back and I don't even know how I did it. I honestly, the math does not make sense, but I figured it out. I would, like I said, you know, I chose to get a 0% credit card and had it paid off by that year. But you know, that was a risk, but I think what it comes down to is I believed in myself and I bet on me. Yeah. And that's the surest bet that you have, you know, and if you're committed, you're not going to fail. If you bet on yourself, you can't just bet on someone else and hope that, you know, that course will be magical or that strategy or that coach. That's not how it works. Um, and that's where mindset comes in <laughs> is that I did, I did believe in myself and my ability to be resilient, my ability to not give up, um, you know, some say stubborn, <laughs> but you know, it's paid off for me. So I'll take that. That's right. what people say. Um, you know, I just would not give up. Um, and it, it pays off, but, um, so yeah, if you, if you think you don't have the time or the money, it's a story and it's an excuse and, that's why your why is important. That when we are grounded in our why and grounded in, we talk a lot about vision, uh, even with clients, like what is your vision for your life? What's the vision for your business? When we keep that at the forefront of our minds, that can fuel and inspire us to do things that we never thought were possible. And you can get creative. You know, I was getting, I started getting up an hour earlier and staying up an hour later. Um, I mean, time-wise, I, let's see, we had four kids. I was working a full-time job, driving over 40 hours a week. My husband was in his master's and I built my business. <laughs> so you have time. Yeah, You can do yeah. things like um, I got a pressure cooker and then I actually sat down one weekend. This is hilarious. Um, I sat down one weekend and wrote out 50, well, I typed out 56 recipes. So I had eight weeks of meals planned Nice. <laughs> and I had shopping lists and I had it all down. I had my shopping every two weeks down to 22 minutes and eight reusable bags <laughs> every two weeks. Like I'm very systematic. 
very um, organized it sounds like oh a little nerd peak in <laughs> my life um but things like that where I got efficient in other places I decided to get up a little bit earlier I listened to podcasts with all that driving I listened to podcasts so that I was feeding my mind the things that it needed to believe that it was possible because your minds I'm actually um I think you're reading it too. The book soundtracks. Mm-hmm. Um, so good. I'm loving it. And he talks about how our mind is a jerk, essentially that, you know, these, these negative soundtracks, these negative thoughts and beliefs, which is, I don't have time. I don't have money. Those are negative beliefs, right? You can make time and make money for anything, anything that you feel strongly enough about. So I don't take those as excuses anymore. <laughs> Yeah. And I think it's so important that we are listening to other people. And if you don't have anybody in your life, that's motivational, you know, like Don said, you can listen to podcasts, read books that are inspiring. Um, You don't have to have all the answers yourself. So no, it's vital. Yeah, absolutely. What you're feeding your, whether it's reading, listening to a podcast, you know, they say the phrase, you're like the composite of the five people you're closest to. Oh yeah. Those don't have to be people you actually know. Not like, at all. <laughs> it could one could be this podcast. One could be, uh, you know, whoever you, um, you know, Tony Robbins or Wayne Dyer or Gabby Bernstein. Like, find some people that you resonate with, and then listen. Just take that stuff in because um, your brain is going to go back to that primal fear, that survival mode, especially when you're trying to do radical things with your life. When you're trying to make a change, if you're trying to leave your nine to five or trying to build a business, like that's scary to your brain. Your brain is going to say, stop, keep us safe. No, that's scary (laughs) when it's really not. Um, and so you have to have that constant inflow of, positive motivation, inspiration, whatever source you choose, just make sure you're getting it every day. Yes. Just like you need to feed your body, just like you need to exercise so that your muscles keep working. Your, your mind is a muscle. So you need to work it every day and be intentional about it. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So Don, what do you do for confidence and to keep a positive mindset? Hmm. I am constantly learning and reading and listening. So all the things that we were just talking about, I, um, I love it. And I feel like I just soak it up constantly. Um, so that's a huge way. And, and you can fit it into your day, whether you're driving, whether it's while you're getting ready in the morning or cooking dinner, and you just have a podcast on like figure out those times in the day when you can just have, when you can listen to something. Um, and that helps confidence such a key um, and a huge part of my journey as well, because I lacked so much confidence after being told I was a failure and, and, you know, going out on your own as an entrepreneur, after being in a community where, you know, we all wore uniforms so that we looked the same, you know, I had to have my hair up off my collar and wear my uniform every day. And, you know, it, I think it, it really did take a toll on my confidence. And so the mindset part of that was huge. Um, I often say entrepreneurship saved my life. And this is why, because 
I was able to build back up my confidence, to build up my courage, to believe that I was brilliant and had gifts for the world. Um, and so whatever, you know, affirmations are great. Um, I use them regularly, uh, because it's retraining the brain, right? Anytime I have a negative thought about like, oh, they don't have money to pay for that or something, you know, I replace it with, you know, people love to pay me, (laughs) um, you know, those types of your brain is tricky and you have to catch it and give it something else. to believe. Um, and confidence, I will say confidence came a lot also from my mentors. You know, you asked about hiring a coach and investing in that. And that's an important piece for me because somebody else also believed in me. And so sometimes, you know, along the way, if you're doubting yourself, it's great to have that person who can kind of step in and you can borrow their confidence for a little bit. I think I heard it I don't know where I read it somewhere, but it was like to sing your song when you've forgotten the words, just this idea of somebody to stand in the gap for you. And that was, I think the biggest piece in hiring a coach, because she said at the time, um, I sold a funnel for $450, which now I charge 20 K for. So it's, you know, vastly different. I was vastly underpriced at that time. And when I hired her, she was like, the first thing you get to do is raise your prices. And she was so firm. She, and you know, she fed into me. She said, you're gifted. You're good at this. Not everybody to me. It was so easy. Copywriting's easy. Building funnels is easy. And I just thought everybody could do it. And she was like, Nope, guess again. (laughs) Um, And I realized as I started working with people that she was right. I was like, Oh, not everybody's good at this. (laughs) Like I'm starting to understand now. Um, And so, you know, in confidence, it helps to surround yourself by people who also believe in you um, because your own confidence will grow as you have success, your confidence will grow. As I started working with clients and started seeing like, you know, so many clients get sales within 24 hours and that was so fun. And I was like, oh, I am good at this. (laughs) My coach would just kind of laugh at me. She's like, duh. It took me a while to catch up. <laughs> yes, but we often, we can't see things for ourselves that other people can see like so clearly. And so, mm-hmm. you know, whether you're hiring a coach for business or just for your personal life for mindset and confidence, do it. It's like do well it. worth the investment. It is. I mean, absolutely hands down. It's like the best investment you can make because it's yes. in yourself. So Don, let's end with a tip to encourage women who are in the arena fighting for the life that they want in the arena, fighting for the life that they want. Oh, so good. My tip for you, I think as women, um, we often carry the weight of the world on our shoulders. You know, we juggle so many things, uh, probably some moms out there in the audience as well, listening. Um, but we just juggle a lot of plates and something that I found in my journey is that I would get so stressed out. And so, you know, in this angst about, change about, I was in the arena. It wasn't happening as fast as I wanted it to. I was, you know, taking the committed action every day. Um, but I was stressed and that's not fun. And, um, something I shifted very on purpose was, uh, the more fun I have, the more money I make, 
was a phrase I started telling my brain. And then I also really grabbed hold of the mantra, um, everything always happens to me for my highest good in divine timing. And that phrase really became like a, a life saver for me because I could be content about the past, you know, all that water under the bridge of like the things they had said, blah, 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 you know, everything was for me, not to me. I could let that go and be at peace. And then if everything happens for my highest good in the present, I knew, okay, whatever's happening, it's going to be okay because it's for my highest good. And this is the bridge that's going to get me to where I want to be. And then I knew that, you know, further down the line next month, next year was going to be for my highest good. So it just brought so much peace and allowed me to actually enjoy the journey and the process rather than just being stressed out all the time. And I think it's, it's just a trap we can easily fall into. So that's what I would recommend is just like really grabbing hold of those two truths and enjoying the journey along the way and not just deciding that you'll be happy when you get there, like choose to be happy now. Yes. I love that. And sometimes it's just like the, a simple switch of your brain that can make a world of difference. Yep. And you can choose it. That's the thing. You have the power to choose it. And often we just give in thinking, Oh, woe is me. Like I'm a victim of my circumstances, but no, you can shift like that. You can choose to feel good. You can choose to be happy. You can choose to have joy regardless of what's happening around you. And that definitely is you build up that muscle and that ability to do that, but it's so worth it. It feels so much better and so much more fun. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) I love it. So how can we connect with you? Good question. I play the most on Instagram. So if you can check me out, just my name at Dawn Up One on Instagram or I also have my website. Um, But I'd love to hear from you on Instagram. Say hi, send me a message um, and share your story with me of ordinary to badass. I love it. All right. Awesome. And I will throw those links in the show notes. And Dawn, thank you so much. You've been a total badass and I've enjoyed hearing your story. Thank you. And with that, we'll end the show. To all the badass women out there staying in the arena, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, own it and get after it. Before I let you go, I want to let you know about a couple of things. First, I am hosting a masterclass, five money behaviors that are keeping you in debt and small tweaks that you can make for financial freedom. I would love for you to join. This class has been so much fun and I've really enjoyed teaching it. So I know that you're going to get such great value from it. So I will throw the links or throw the link in the show notes. Definitely check it out um, because sometimes it's just a small tweak of a behavior that you don't even know about that can be an absolute game changer. So check out the masterclass. The link will be in the show notes. And Thursday's episode, you're going to hear why Dawn Upwan is so badass. I mean, by listening to this episode, I'm sure that you have some ideas or that you already know why she's a badass. But stay tuned for Thursday or tune in on Thursday. I don't know. Um, <laughs> to hear why Dawn Upwan is such a badass. All right. To your badassery. I will catch up with you on Thursday. Now that you've listened to this episode of Ordinary to Badass, we want to hear from you. Go to our website, ordinarytobadass.com slash podcast 
and submit your own experience on how you took your life from ordinary to badass and get the chance to be on a future Spotlight episode of the show. That's ordinarytobadass.com forward slash podcast. While you're waiting for the next episode of the show, wipe off the sweat, dust off the dirt, and get back in the arena.